everybody, Darren here. This is the Supernaturalist podcast show. The show exists to connect, equip, and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. And I trust that that's why you're listening. It's because it's your desire to see God's kingdom come, his will be done, established on the earth through your daily contribution. It's such an honor having you listen to today's show. Today's show is audio extracted from a session that I did in Korea, where I spoke on atmospheres, the composition, the anatomy of an atmosphere, how to create an atmosphere. And really at the end of the day, we are who we are because of the atmospheres that we were brought up in. And it's incredible the amount of influence that we have on others through the atmospheres that we create. So what are they and how do we create them? That's what we talk about on today's podcast. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's like an hour and 20 minutes of pretty dense teaching. And of course, it's also interpreted in Korean. And so make sure that you share this with all your Korean peeps. Now, before we dive into this, we'd like to just encourage you to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Podcast reviews are a big, big deal. You can give it one star. That means that you think it's kind of lame. You can give it five stars. And that means that you think this thing is off the chain. To do it, just go to the Darren Show. So that's thedarrenshow.com. That is a shortcut. It'll redirect you to iTunes where you can rate it and then you can review it. Again, reviews are such a big deal. So if you have a minute or two to leave a review, that'd be mighty dope of you. All right. Last but not least, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast show, uh, either on iTunes or on SoundCloud. As you know, we are releasing supernatural content on a weekly basis, and there's so many incredible interviews to listen to that we've already recorded. But you guys, I got some amazing stuff coming up, some incredible guests. You're not even going to believe it, and I just don't want for you to miss it. So subscribe. Okay, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, whatever your thing is, and that will keep all this weekly supernatural content flowing automatically onto your mobile device, onto your desktop, your laptop, or your tablet. Without any further ado, let's dive into this teaching on atmospheres. It's going down right here, right now on the Supernaturalist podcast show. Let's go. Connecting, equipping, and promoting emerging supernaturalists. <laughs> Being created for such a time as this. All right, and here we go. <laughs> there is more. He said, "What?" I'm a I'm a big believer in the house of God. I'm a big sower in the house of God. And so I am a pro-local church. And I believe that that churches can be a place of encounter. Um, But revival doesn't just happen. Awakening doesn't just happen. And we need to see revival and awakening in the church first before we can really see a harvest. Because if we don't have the glory of the Lord, then all we have is a model from a man with just enough psychology 
To convince somebody into a Christian-based philosophy. But it's not our job to bring people into Christian-based philosophy. It is our role to introduce people to the person of Jesus Christ. So awakening begins here. And then as we're awakened to who we really are and we really believe in who we really are and we really believe that God is who he says he is then all of a sudden we begin functioning according to a kingdom function. So because we've been talking about revival a lot it's not that we've arrived but we're going to go up a level tonight to talk about kingdom function. So I want you to take your hunger with you up a level right now. And I want you to engage as a son and a daughter of God. Because that's the place where there's authority. You have to see yourself as an equal alongside of Christ. We have to see ourselves as heirs, not servants. Sons, not servants. Friends, friends of God. Now, Jesus was a servant. But he was first a son. So, so tonight we're going to engage as sons. Because if you're a servant and not a son, you have no authority at all. You just, you just have a job. And that is a good picture of what the church looks like right now. Lots and lots of people with zero authority. But they're working really, really, really hard for Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus wants to share with you his secrets. He wants to invite you to partner with him. So therefore, we're going to have to learn that um, it's not that we have to become sons. We already are sons. We just need to repent. We need to change our way of thinking. So that we can begin to function in this kingdom work that God is doing. Okay, we need to talk about who God is. Before we talk about who we are. The Bible begins with God creating the heavens and the earth. You've been created in the image and likeness of a creator. Therefore, once you've been awakened and revived, 
then we need to begin functioning as kingdom creators on the earth. Because when we don't know who we are, and we see all the problems on the earth, because we lack authority, we just complain about about reality. And we blame everybody. The problem is my pastor. The problem is my church. The problem is my husband. The problem is my woods. The problem is my city. It's so liberal. It's getting worse. The problem, everybody knows the the problem. The problem is the homosexuals. No, no, no. I'll tell you the real problem. The problem is America. America keeps getting all their American stuff on our stuff. Thanks a lot, America. You're really a great influence. So I hear so much complaining. I read it all over the internet. And complaining is evidence that someone lacks a revelation of their authority. So we need to be awakened and revived. And a revelation of our identity. So that we can begin functioning according to the way that God has created us to function. There's that word again, created us. Isn't it amazing that God's heart was so full of love that he created Adam and Eve in his own image and likeness? So Adam and Eve were created in the image and likeness of the Creator. And then in an atmosphere of love, they began creating. In fact, fact, creating was a part of the original garden mandate. Take dominion and multiply. The, The principle is this, love creates. Love reproduces. And so we are learning to create new realities on the earth. And when you recognize your authority, then you recognize that you can create atmospheres anywhere you go. And those atmospheres will create new realities. Why does music have so much influence within a generation? If you want to shape a generation, then learn how to assimilate your philosophy into that into their music. Art 
Art is kind of a capsule, like a pill. And on the outside, it looks like beauty. But on the inside, it's filled with an agenda. And the way that art works is art works through feelings and emotions. Art comes to shape the soul of a generation. They say that the reason why uh, communism has lost its influence in Europe was not because of American politics, but because of MTV. Because it's MTV. America's music began to come into uh, uh, the communist parts of Europe. And it began to reshape the minds of a generation that was underneath oppression. All of a sudden, a new atmosphere was being created in, in uh, communist parts of Europe. And the atmosphere was an atmosphere of revolution. It's time for the church to learn about creating atmospheres. It's time for the church to begin believing that we are actually creators. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Let's get comfortable. <laughs> okay, turn uh, turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel forty four twenty-three. When we talk about atmospheres, we're talking about um, uh, uh, the, the kind of um, the kind of air, uh, um, the, the kind of invisible substance uh, that can shape emotion. Atmospheres can be created intentionally or even unintentionally. Every home has an atmosphere. Your home has an atmosphere. It's been created intentionally or it's been created unintentionally. There are joyful atmospheres. There are stressful atmospheres. <laughs> There are sad atmospheres. Um, and like I said, uh, churches can have atmospheres. The churches can have joyful atmospheres. Stressful or sad atmospheres. 
But when people understand the power of atmosphere, they will be very, very intentional to create atmospheres because they realize the power that atmosphere has. Now I'll give you kind of a negative, a negative but interesting example. There's a little place in America called Las Vegas. We have these things called casinos. Have you guys heard of these? Casinos. It's where you can gamble. You put money into a machine and hit a button. Yeah. And so uh, casinos intentionally create specific atmospheres that will encourage more gambling. Uh, I actually studied um, some of the things that casinos do to create atmosphere. They intentionally create atmospheres to put people into a trance-like state. Using, um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have no clocks or windows because they want you to lose track of time. They have a combination of red lights and fast tempo music. Because they found that red lights work better than white lights. <laughs> And fast music makes people bet faster. Casinos are, con are continually spending millions and millions of dollars to test what, fragr what fragrance, what smell works best when they pump it into the atmosphere. The secret is to find something that's pleasant but undiscernible. This is what the enemy has been doing in America. Is creating subconscious atmospheres that manipulate a generation into performing according to a certain set of standards. The goal of the enemy is to create atmospheres that are pleasant and where evil is unidentifiable. To the degree that a generation would come of age and say there's no such thing as evil. You say, Darren, why are you talking about evil atmospheres? Because the reason why the enemy has so much influence in our cities is because we have not been taught how to discern negative atmospheres. 
how to displace negative and demonic atmospheres. And how to create new atmospheres. We are kingdom creators. And you cannot create unless you know where you are. And you cannot create until you first displace the dominant authority where you are. Because kind of what we're doing in the church right now is we're kind of looking at the culture and then building on top of all the dysfunction in the culture. It's kind of like the foolish man that built his house on the sand. We really need to come into the culture and we need to begin discerning what's taking place. And that's why we're talking about this tonight. Because Korea needs you. And America needs me. Just say, my country needs me. We need to begin discerning. So we can begin creating. Yeah, amen, amen, amen. Okay, first of all, um, we know that we are a, uh, a physical body. We're also the body of Christ. The interesting thing about a uh, physical body is that it's composed of several autonomous uh, systems. We have a circulatory system, respiratory, digestive, a reproductive system, a full skeletal system. Very complex. It's the same way in the spirit. That you've been designed in the natural according to a certain blueprint that's prophetic of your spiritual blueprint. Yeah, for example, you have eyes and ears and a nose. Uh, so that you can take in information. You have a mouth so that you can take in food and then communicate. Uh, every, does everybody have the, those items that I just... <laughs> you have these body parts with a specific function. Uh, and that's the same for all of us. Okay, we need to believe that this is prophetic of our spiritual function. Because you, you are wired to be a receiver. And you all have a big... 
These are the things and your, your thoughts. The things that you believe to be true. Did you know that there are a lot of things that we believe to be true that are not true? There's a lot of things that, that we believe to be true um, that, that, that are not biblical. And that's why we need people around us that can hear the stuff that's coming out of our mouth. Because Jesus says that, uh, that, that out of the heart the mouth speaks. So our past experiences create atmospheres that our children live in, that our spouses live in, that we live in. Our beliefs create atmospheres. And also, our expectations. So looking forward. And uh, I, I talk to people all the time and they expect bad things to happen. You, know, you want to know what the worst thing, the most negative thing that you could expect to happen? <laughs> Nothing. And the number one thing that Christians expect is nothing. Which is why good parents place expectations on their children. Because, because positive biblical expectations creates revelatory insight. And the Bible says that without revelatory perspective, people cast off restraint. And so when I say, what are you going to do in the future? And you say, I don't know. It's because you have no revelatory perspective. And sometimes it's the people with the most prophetic words that have the least expectations. Because there's a lot of hope deferred. So they just say, I will expect nothing. And if something positive happens, I'll rejoice. And if something negative happens, I'll just say, it's my fault, I'm done anyway. I hear people say the meanest things about themselves. I'm not smart. I don't know math. I'm not good at sports. I'm telling you my own beliefs that I believe to be true that were creating negative atmospheres in my life so that I couldn't succeed. I believed a lie that I was bad at sports. Therefore, I never took sports seriously. And it wasn't until I was like 30 years old 
That God came to me and said, "Who told you that?" Because it wasn't true. It wasn't biblical. And there's so many things that we believe to be true about ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'm not spiritual enough. Who told you that? Those beliefs are creating atmospheres. And those beliefs are framing your expectations. Negative beliefs. Negative expectations. Here's the problem with negative expectations. It's a form of faith. Yeah, and you get what you expect. So if you say, I'm always sick, that's a belief. That's framing your expectations. And that's why you're always sick. Because the enemy lied to you, and you believed it. Which is why I love Patricia King. Because she'll look at you in the eyes and say, I don't get jet lag anymore. She does though. So, so, so why is she saying that? Because she's declaring a thing so that it can be established and that her expectation is she's not going to get jet lag. And I wouldn't be surprised if by now she doesn't get jet lag anymore. What's in your past? It really, it really, really matters. What do you believe about yourself? That, that really matters. And what do you see in your future? What is God showing you about your future? That really, really matters. God spoke to me recently and he said, I love, the, I love prophetic ministry. And that was good to hear him say that. He said, because prophetic ministry shows people my promises. It shows people the potential future. But to the degree that you engage your prophetic promises, will be determined by your past and what you believe in the present. Because you can have the most incredible prophetic word in the world. But if you believe that you're not good enough, that you're not smart enough, and that nobody likes you, then you have just rendered that prophetic word useless in your life. And the enemy has won. This, I could, I could preach a whole message on the gospel right now. 
I could talk for an hour about grace and the cross right now. Because you guys, we have got to take the cross way more seriously. Because of the blood, this past does not have to influence you. Because of the blood, your present uh, uh, defeated beliefs do not have to influence you. And the cross qualifies you for the future. It's grace, it's the kindness of God. When we say, I'm not smart enough, we're just saying this defeater belief. That's not relevant. It has nothing to do with how smart you are. It has nothing to do with. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with, with um, what you can do. It has everything to do with what God can do through you if you make yourself available. So stop being hard on yourself. It's about Jesus. Jesus, this is what Jesus is saying. Look at what I can do. I am here because of Jesus. Because of God's grace and kindness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you will go to some crazy places because of Jesus. Because of God's grace and kindness. Okay, the last thing that makes up an atmosphere are our values. Or the lack thereof. Because if you have no values, the lack of values are your values. What are your values? You have to determine what you value. That means you actually have to ask the Holy Spirit. Why have you created me? What have you put inside of me? What do I need to guard in my life? Um, I met uh, one of the coaches of the Seahawks goes to our church. And I asked him, what's, what's the most important thing in your life? That's how you determine your values. If I ask you, what's the most important thing in your life? You will tell me your values. He had five F's. Football. Family. Faith. Fitness. And fun. He had five values. His family knows the values. His children knows his values. 
Because if he's not the very best at what he does, then he's fired. He has no job. So he takes his life seriously. And no offense, but that's just football. You're a part of something that's a little bit more important than football. And yet we don't really take our faith as seriously as football. Our lack of values creates atmosphere. And our ability to communicate our values creates atmosphere. I can be a part of my church, Seattle Revival Center. Because the values of that church are my values. And this is what I love about Seattle Revival Center. I can talk to five different people and ask them what our values are. Those five different people will probably give me all kinds of different answers. And every one of them will be right. Because they say, this is what I value. These are the most important things to my spirituality. And I see these things within my church. So sure, we articulate our values as a church. Just to give language to what we're going after. But the most important thing is how does the body see the church? And is their perspective in alignment with our values? You should ask the people in your life, how do you see me? And then see if their answer lines up with your values. Values, uh, these, these factors are so important. Because they create either positive atmospheres or negative atmospheres. And the reason why most believers are not discerning the difference between the holy and the profane is because we have not been taught that we can discern the difference or how to discern the difference. And this is a supernatural gift. It's the gift of discernment. And you all have a big nose. <laughs> so begin using your big nose. Uh, I, before I was a pastor, I was in the marketplace. I, I, I worked in insurance. And uh, I got this job uh, at, 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 at a company where people were making lots of ridiculous money. I mean, 
ridiculous <laughs> Their checks were so big that the boss would read people's checks out loud before he gave them to the employees. I walked into an atmosphere. On one hand, I was overwhelmed by how much money people were getting. On the other hand, I felt sick. Because I immediately began smelling all of the negative sinful experiences within that organization. I began discerning the beliefs within that organization. And then I began seeing the expectations of that organization. And I realized that I was part of their expectation. And that they had an agenda to shape me. So I quit that organization. <laughs> We need in our homes. We need to have an agenda in our homes with values in our homes so that we are creating an atmosphere that's shaping our children and our very own atmosphere is shaping us. Because what we're doing is covered in the blood of Jesus. So we're actually creating an atmosphere where heaven is showing up. And abiding in our homes. So when you when you come into my home, you will begin discerning the experiences in my home. You'll begin discerning the beliefs in our home. And you'll begin seeing the expectations of our home. You'll be able to visibly see the expectations we have on our children. Your home is telling a story. Your country is telling a story. America is telling a story. And until the church begins discerning, we will not be creating. We won't be swimming. We'll just continue treading water. Blaming, blaming the government for everything Satan is doing on the earth. It's time to begin moving. It's time to get some traction. Because as we create atmospheres where heaven shows up, the prayer of Jesus begins to be answered. In Korea as it is in heaven. That won't just happen. Because we're going to have to first discern what's in our country 
And then we're going to have to take care of some stuff. And that begins with us. Because we are our country. That uh, in Darren, the negative experiences of America are a part of my DNA. Uh, American beliefs are part of my DNA. My country's expectations are a part of who I am. That means that there's stuff that's a part of me that's not in alignment with heaven. And that's where I need to begin to discern the negative factors that I believe are just a part of me so I can displace these things. When we walked into this room, this room tells a story, and now we are a part of that story. That science, uh, that science tells us that matter has memory. That means that our worship has been recorded by the walls and the ceiling. That the very words that I am preaching are now a part of the atmosphere of this room. And the next group that comes into this room will come into the atmosphere that we created. Uh, we were at a church today, a pastor's church, at, at a new church. And we realized that matter has memory. And we believe that God has big expectations for that church. So therefore we have to erase the negative expectations that are coming with that room. By covering the negative uh, experiences in the past. Which is why we went into each room praying the blood of Jesus over all that matter. Because the blood of Jesus does not just cover something up like wallpaper. The blood of Jesus displaces. It, uh, the, the, because of the blood, your sins are not just covered up. Your sins are forgotten. He, when God forgets something, he's, he's incapable of remembering it. Which is why um, when somebody uh, uh, confronts you of a sin that you've already repented of and confessed, they're not hearing God's voice because God already forgot that thing. What they're actually hearing is the voice of the accuser of the brethren. 
Because all day, every day, Satan is talking. And what's he doing? He's trying to remind God of something that he is incapable of remembering. <laughs> so when we prayed in that church, brother, the room for God, all of the sinful negative stuff that happened in that room. In the natural, there might still be some marks on the floor or on the wall. But if, you, but in the spirit, if you could see the room, it's like a brand new room that's never existed before. It's almost as if no one's ever been in that room before. Because of the blood of Jesus, the atmosphere has forgotten. And then what did we do? We began speaking. Because that's how creation happens. So we displaced with the blood of Jesus. And we create through speaking. Which is why when God created the heavens and the earth, He had to speak it into being. Which is why when Jesus creates through the miraculous realm, He always had to declare a thing for it to be established. Sometimes people get silly in the anointing. And they say, I don't have to speak. I don't have to pray. I'll just blink my eyes. I'll just be silly. No, if God did it, you do it. And here's the thing if you're being silly and anointing, you won't have any results anyway. Speaking is powerful, which is why the enemy will always come to mock speaking. Which is why I love preaching. Because I believe that every time I preach, I'm prophesying. Every time I preach, I am prophesying. Why? Because I'm creating a new atmosphere. I'm looking into the future. And I'm speaking it into being. That from the very second I got here, I've been saying the same thing every single time. God is at work here. Jesus is moving in this country. I'm stating what he's doing. But I'm stating what he's going to do. But I'm also stating what he's going to do. We went into the streets the other day. A bunch of, bunch of you guys went. went. Yeah, people got saved and healed and encouraged. Lots of encouragement. 
Before we went out, I told our team, this is going to be the easiest outreach you've ever done. You are going to hear God's voice with amazing clarity. Darren, why would you say that? I'm framing expectation. I'm framing, I'm framing success. Because if I don't say anything, then all you have is your inner self voice saying, this is going to be hard. This is going to be awkward. They don't do this in Korea. Just go home. But this is what I know. All kinds of people received prophetic perspective. I know that we created a contrasting atmosphere. The kingdom of God was released because we went there with intention. And most people don't do that kind of stuff. And if we start talking about this, let me be honest, it was a little bit difficult. I'd even say a little bit more difficult than Seattle. <laughs> Why? Because there is an atmosphere in your streets. And you've got to do something about that. That's your problem, not mine. This is what the Bible says. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against atmospheres. Principalities and powers that have blinded people's ability to discern between the holy and the profane. When we're out there, we had people that rejected us. I didn't care. It's just the soil. It doesn't get to decide anything. TV's been sowing into that soil. K-pop's been sowing into that soil. The media's been sowing into that soil. The spirit of religion has been sowing into that soil. So even when people rejected us, I was still happy. Why? Because I got to sow into that soil. The media doesn't care if you reject it. Their job is to sow daily. The reason why we're being ineffective in our missions is because, it's because we're being manipulated by our own emotions. Our role is to sow daily. To be a prophetic people. I don't care what it feels like out here. That's just an atmosphere. I'm carrying an atmosphere. We need to learn to discern. And this is what we don't do. We don't get defeated by our discernment. 
When you discern negative things, rejoice! <laughs> Because that's your blueprint. That's your strategy. You say, well, what are you talking about? If you're in the streets and you're discerning the spirit of lust, you don't say, oh no, we're under the principality of lust. And I don't even believe that we should be like, I bind you, lust. <laughs> Because there's been a lot of binding that hasn't even been very um, effective. Let me give you a, a new way to displace demonic atmospheres. You take responsibility for any way that you have enabled that atmosphere to be in your city. Judgment begins in the house of God. So we judge not less we've been judged. So spiritual warfare begins with us judging ourselves. Look, I know I'm giving you a lot to work with right now. But there's some stuff here that can really help you if you'll grab a hold of it. So this is what we do. We discern lust. And then we judge our own hearts. And we repent for any way that we've partnered with that spirit. Intentionally or even unintentionally. Like David would say, I want you to judge the parts of my heart that are negative but I don't even know about them. Yeah, but let's be honest, David also committed some sins that he knew about. <laughs> so it's the stuff you know about and it's the stuff you don't know about. And judgment is so easy. Father, I repent for partnering with the spirit of lust. Now I ask that you would judge that spirit in my life. And I ask that you would summon that spirit into your courtroom and judge that spirit on behalf of my people. Because this street is my street. And these people are my people. I ask on behalf of my people. What are you doing? You're ordering, you're, you're operating according to the order of Melchizedek. That's what Hebrews talks about when he talks about the priesthood. Welcome. You are now a part of the priesthood of believers. 
which means that when you pray, 그 말은 뭐냐면 여러분이 기도할 때, you are now praying on behalf of your people. 여러분 이제 여러분의 그 민족을 대변해서 대신해서 기도하는 거예요. And now this is your city. 그리고 이제 이 도시는 여러분의 도시입니다. And then you come back the next day. 그리고 그 다음 날 와서, and, you, and it feels clean and it feels pure. 도시가 이제 깨끗하고 어, 순수하게 변한다는 것을 이제 느끼게 되는 거죠. And everybody else feels it. But they can't articulate it. Because they haven't been taught how to discern. The holy from the the holy from the profane. But before you prayed, every time people would walk through that district. 네, 여러분이 기도하기 전에 사람들이 그 거리를 지나갈 때마다 사람들은 부정적인 그런 생각들을 이제 막 공격을 받는 거죠. 그런데 여러분이 기도하고 나 후에 이제 그 거리를 다니면 그 사람들은 그 사람들은 그 And then we ask Jesus to displace it. Because as for me, I would rather not arm wrestle a principality. Maybe that's your thing, you like to wrestle demons. I would rather have Jesus take them out for me. May the Lord rebuke you. May the Lord rebuke you. And you stand clean as a priest. And now you feel clean, and now because you, you've repented. And this is what we're doing, you guys. It's heaven on earth. The last thing that I want to say is, once you know how to do this, you don't even have to go down to that street. We've done prayer walks in the spirit with Daniel Company. Before we even go to a location, we've gone to that location in the spirit. And we've covered it in prayer in the blood of Jesus. Um, when I was in Norway, there's some very negative places in Norway. And the church said, hey, let's go into those real bad, bad places and pray. And I said, I don't want to. And they were like, why not? I said, I think there's a better way. You see, um, uh, uh, let's use this here. here. Here's the gross principality. 이게 그 어, 정사 정사 권세가 있습니다. That we need to come over. So if you already know that something is on a street, get two or more gathered in His name. 
두세 사람 예수님 이름으로 두세 사람 이상 모이십시오. Create a atmosphere. 그래서 어떤 대기를 공기를 만드십시오. Yep, yep, yep. Get tycoon to start playing his guitar, singing Jesus here. Jesus is going to come. No, Jesus is is already here. Heaven is here. Joy is here now. Yes, yes, yes. You sing those kind of faith songs. And now I'm not under nothing. Because we're in agreement. Now we come over it. In the spirit. And we begin dancing on it. In agreement. In the spirit we discern. We displace. Jesus displaces. And we start creating a new principality. Did you know that we can create principalities? Yep, absolutely. It's called a contrasting atmosphere. And now there's a new principality of humility. It was created through our repentance. Asking Jesus to judge that principality. And, and then we began declaring, preaching, a new sermon of humility in the Spirit. It's time to begin building something in the Spirit. And we do it in agreement. You shall declare a thing and it shall be established. Let's stand to our feet. Father, thank you that, that you are at work in our homes. You're at work in our hearts. You're at work in this room. We thank you for the kingdom of heaven and kingdom realities that are going to be established as, as we learn to use our nose. And then we learn to use our mouth. Tycoon, can you come and just, just begin creating an atmosphere? Father, we thank you for new atmospheres in our home. Just ask the Lord right now. Ask, say, Father, where do you want to move in my life? And just let him speak to you. Because we're, we're going to go there in the spirit. Another way you could ask him is, Father, where are you not moving in my life? And just let him speak to
Now just ask the Lord, just say, Father, show me. I know something's off. I know something's not right here. I pray that you activate my spiritual sense of smell. That I might be able to discern the source. Because I've been living for so long with this smell. But I was never taught how to discern between good and bad. Between fresh and rotten fruits. So Father, show me what's rotten in my life. Show me the source of the smell. God, I ask that you would take me there right now. Because I want to get things cleaned up. I want to see heaven come. to ask the Lord. Just say, Father, I repent. For partnering with this spirit. And then just name it, whatever it is. Intentionally Wash me clean with your blood. Right now, the blood of Jesus washes me And the memory of that thing is, get, is, being, um, is being eradicated right now. The memory of it is being washed from you right now. Go to your home in the Spirit and just cover your home with the blood of Jesus. Spirits any longer. 
Right now, the spirit of hope was there. 